Hoje eu preciso te encontrar de qualquer jeito Nem que seja só pra te levar pra casa Depois de um dia normal And uh, Sue says, well, he's like, if you're not going to answer me, I'm going to give you a call right now. Elder Paulson, you've been called to be the executive secretary of the mission. I need you to go back to your apartment. I need you to pack your bags. And I need you in Juan Pessoa at the office by the end of the day. <laughs> and it was, it was like a Wednesday. It was like the middle of the week. And so... In Natal. Yeah, yeah, in Natal. <laughs> and I'm sure my, my face just went white, like a ghost. Like I... Yeah. It is the most surprised and shocked I've ever felt in my entire life, without question. Like, I think I peeled myself off the floor to walk out, and uh, awesome. my heart stopped. I mean, I couldn't breathe. I was so shocked. And he said some other things uh, that are, were also in my journal. And, and so I walked out. I walked up to my companion. I was like, I got to go pack my bags. He's like, you're going home? <laughs> he thought, going home. And I was like, no, I'm, go, I'm going to the mission office. I'm the new executive secretary. And he's, and he's, he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, he's, I got to go pack my bags right now. He's like, uh. who, who was the previous executive secretary? So it was uh, for a very long time, it was Malaman, Luis okay. Malaman Jr. And he had an injury. So he was, uh, you know, if you were injured, you spent some time in the office. That's how it was done. And so he was the yeah. executive secretary for like six or seven or eight months or something. And he was very near the end of his mission and didn't want to finish his mission in the in the office. He essentially said, Prez, please let me go to you know this area where I want to finish my mission. And so President uh, called Elder Ayubi to be the new mission secretary. And after about a week, I guess that he decided that wasn't working out. And so he, he <laughs> called me. Sweet. Yeah. So you're there. So boom, I'm on the bus. I'm sitting in the mission office. Elder Carr was in the mission office with me. He's from my group, and he was in my district in the CTM. And he has an injury, as you may recall. So he was in and out of the office this whole mission. And at this particular, yeah, he went to my high school. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Him and Cephalo. I'm, I'm a raving fan of both of those guys. I might add. Uh, great, great guys. And so anyway. He was there at that time. Malaman was there, and Malkovich was the financial secretary. Okay. And the APs at that time were Dacunya and Nicholas, though they were never in the office. I saw them once a week. I remember that. Yeah, that was the way it was done. I remember Dacunya I remember and Nicholas being the APs. Yeah, and they were, they were both studs, <laughs> by the way. Nothing but respect for both of them. Um, though Nicholas and I did not have compatible personalities i do think he was an amazing missionary um and we got along you know okay we, we worked it out I, I mean not like we ever got in fights we just didn't gel well um, yeah he was a very serious guy very you know very serious no no joking and uh, at least it, you know that's how he came off to me but anyway not nicholas uh, yeah, brent all right brent nicholas yeah I remember Dacunya being like that. I don't remember Nick. I don't. I don't think I knew Nicholas very much. Well, that, maybe all. I just maybe that's just how he was. It was only Salazar, uh, Salazar, and Dylan's stories about Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas. Well, and you know how he acted in the office as an AP may not be how he acted everywhere else. Um, yeah. He was a good guy. I mean, amazing missionary, absolutely. So that's where me and Malkovich fell in love. Can I say that? Uh, yeah, you're a man crush. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I loved Malco. <laughs> I mean, him and I were very tight. Uh, I always knew him as Malkovich. Yeah. Everyone else called him Elder Malco because after a couple of months in the mission, he asked the mission president permission to change his name. So I always knew him as Malkovich because we got on the plane together as Malkovich. In the MTC, we were Malkovich. And in his first couple areas, he was Malkovich. 
but uh, he he asked permission to go by Malcolm, and the awesome. mission president said yes. So anyway, that's where I really got to know him, and uh, we had some great times. And for the majority of my time in the office, both times I was in the office, it was just the two of us. Yeah. It was me and the financial secretary. There was rarely ever more than two. If uh, if there was an odd number of missionaries and someone was injured, then we'd have a third person in the office. But otherwise, you're gonna have two. Yeah. And yep. uh, so it was me and Malcolm, and that was uh, a great experience. I got plenty of mission stories that would probably take too long for us to tell from, from the office. But I did spend a lot of weeks with random missionaries that either would come in um, or what would happen sometimes is, you know, an injury was so severe that uh, and the nature of the situation is that, you know, the mission president would send me out for a week. He would say, okay, you know, elder so-and-so's got to come in. You're going to have to go and spend a week with his companion while he recovers or something. Uh, and so my work would just pile up, you know, and I'd come back a week later and just have to get caught up. And uh, so I did that several times. That's how I met uh, Anderson, for example, good old Ryan Anderson. As I, yep. he was, it was his third week in the mission, and his companion was injured. So I went to spend a week with him. And okay. uh, maybe we'll get to that good story sometime, but we'll skip it for now. Um, uh, Suida, Cruz, uh, Park. Long, I spent a week with Long, spent a week with Anderson Summers. I went all the way up to Natal to spend a week with Summers. That's where you and I met. No, that was in Nova Natal. Yep, Nova Natal. So I spent, That's right. I don't know what was the deal I with was, Summers Companion. I can't remember what, what the reason was that I had to come be Summers Companion for a week. But that's where you and I met. I was I was Summers Companion. Um, and then I was moved over to Mateos and moved to the different house. Right. I'm not sure why Summers didn't get a new junior. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't remember the circumstances. I, uh, I just know that I had to spend it. a week there. Yeah, um, and that worked out well. I, I loved him already because he saved me, you know, from disaster. Yeah, right. In Mosaro. Yep. And so I spent a week with Summers and uh, experienced a couple of really amazing miracles there, baptizing all the gypsies, and uh, and a couple other people <laughs> as well. And that was pretty fun baptizing those gypsies. Oh, those were great times, man. <laughs> uh, some of some weird cats, and that's where uh, I got all my uh, my men. You know, oh, how, like yeah. the epic oh, yeah. of men. And, oh, that's where all my men came from. Me and Mateo's baptizing camp of gypsies. So, if if I forget, <laughs> remind me to tell you how we had to have the epica of men. I, I I know I was in the office when that came down. That's right. So that was a good time. <laughs> I also spent a week in uh, Valentina with Sweeney. And that's where I met Birch. Mm-hmm. Birch was the, another missionary in that house. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was like, if, if you count unofficial companions that I spent at least a week with, I had over 26. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> um, so I, I did a lot of that, whether it was, you know. And then you lived in a house with a bunch of people and then all this. So you you knew the mission. Oh, and yeah. then you were in the office, yeah. so you knew everyone coming in, right. you knew everyone going out. Yeah, I, I knew everyone's full names, you know. I mean, it was like, yeah, right. it was just the nature of the game. Yeah, so I, I, I definitely knew everybody pretty well just by nature of the beast. Uh, so here's a couple of good mission story or office stories, okay? So right. a couple of weeks in. Uh, Malco has to do a bank run, which is probably three, four times a week. Malco had to do a bank run, which which means you know just he had to go like three different banks and make deposits and withdrawals. So him and Carr go together, and I'm alone in the office, and uh, you never knew if the mission president was there or not. He had a, a back room, and he yeah. would come in like in the early morning before we were awake, and so you never knew if he was there or not. Uh, he, you know, so it turns out I was not alone. Mission president was there because he walks out. And he says, Elder, I need my keys. 
And I'm like, to your car? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I don't have them. He's like, well, I need them. I was like, well, where are they? He's like, well, I gave them to other car. And I was like, well, cars with Malcolm at the bank. He's like, well, go get my keys. And it's like, president, I'm, I'm, I don't have a companion to go with me. And he's, and he's like, elder, take your, take your name tag off. The spirit is your companion. Go get my keys. <laughs> Why'd you have to take your name tag? I off? think he didn't want members, you know, seeing me out there by myself. That's even worse when you're out there by yeah. yourself without your yeah. name tag. He's like, he's like, take, he's like, you know, remove the name tag. El Espíritu es tu compañero. Bye y entrega mis chaves or something. I don't know however you say it. So yeah, that was that was intense. I'll never forget that. The spirit is your companion, elder. Go get my keys. Um, the other thing, I don't know if you remember this, but Malkovich, both because he's a genius with numbers and because he had some good cash back home he had his own you know he had his own money back home he when he became the financial secretary of the mission he started uh, he noticed that there was there was a delay when you would submit a reimbursement right you would pay for a utility bill in your apartment you'd submit a reimbursement and then you'd get paid like 2 weeks later well malkovich right. becomes the the financial secretary and it's like screw that people can't wait 2 weeks that's not cool so what he does is he one one day when you know he he takes all the reimbursements that are pending and he brings in the money from his own bank account back home and pays them all so essentially he was floating the reimbursements for for 2 weeks with his own money and when the reimbursements right. would come from São Paulo he would just deposit them in his personal account because, you know, right. So he was paying the reimbursements and he was taking the, the, re, the, the, you know, the money from Sao Paulo. And the missionaries were happy because they were getting reimbursements immediately. You turn it in, it's right. in your account. And yep. I'll never forget when he left the, the mission office because we were getting so many nasty phone calls about, where's my reimbursement? We're like, yeah, we had to go back to the way it's supposed to be. So you're going you're gonna to have to wait two weeks. So uh, you came into the mission during the uh, Malco reimbursement program. Uh, yeah, there was also the uh, family baptizing oh, or marriage. Marriage. Fund. I was there for that debacle. Uh, mission that was that fund. was my second time in the mission. But uh, I'll tell you how that unraveled. We got audited by by some some financial dudes that came up from São Paulo. I'll I'll hold that story for yeah. later because it was poor Anderson who took the fall uh, for for <laughs> Malco's uh, genius. Yeah. But uh, Malkovich tried to leave the office like four times, and his replacement yeah. wouldn't work out. So Martins would make him come back in. So he just, he, he could not that. get out of the office. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man. So <laughs> well, you couldn't get out of the office either. No, it turned out that way. Yeah. So, <laughs> also, just just in case Anderson is actually listening to these, let me quickly embarrass him uh, before I forget this. Anderson has this really kooky thing about when he wakes up. (laughs) Did you know this? Have you seen this happen? I knew in Colorado Springs. Oh my gosh. So we would. (laughs) Now we're doing all this. Oh, I got it on camera twice. And we we would sneak up on him when he was asleep and and just like touch him. And then we'd like fall back because if you woke him up mid sleep, he would like lunge out like he was Jackie Chan. Like like he would literally like punch like he was in boxing and then start throwing his legs. Uh, you know, he was afraid that, you know, some assassin was getting him in the night. Uh, that was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. We had a lot of fun with that. Uh, so good times. Awesome. So a couple of more mission things that you'll appreciate. So this first time in the office was when we had the ordination report scandal. 
uh, you may not remember this. This house would go down once a week. We would get this email, and I would I'd print it off and I'd put it in Marcin's inbox, and he'd grab it when he'd come in the office. And this email came from the area authority, who was uh, Damiani. I can't believe I just remembered yep. that name. And Damiani. Yeah, Damiani would send an email to all the mission offices in the area, and the report would have. You know, how many baptisms have you had last month and this month? You know, it'd break it down by, you know, young men, young women, primary uh, men, you know, prospective elders, I guess. And it would also right. have a report of what percentage of those people had been ordained, of the men had been ordained to the priesthood and the young men. And uh, these reports, our mission was always the lowest on the ordinations. It would, you know, it was something like, you know, it would say like 5%, like 5% of the young men and men we were baptizing were getting the priesthood. And uh, one day, phone call comes in from Damiani. He wants to talk to Marchines. Oh, and by by the way, Marchines has his own private phone line in his office that I later found yeah. out he was bankrolling. The mission presidents aren't supposed to have their own private phone line. And this phone line's only purpose was to get calls from Wizard, from Wizard headquarters. <laughs> this was not a church line. So when He also had the, he bankrolled all the fax machines and all those. Yeah, those went stuff. away, uh, along with <laughs> church buildings. But I'll tell you more about that later. But... Uh, so church buildings is right. <laughs> Mochiran would be a good example. Mochiran. Uh, yep. So he, he, when people would call from church headquarters, whatever, they just call the main line, and I, you know, I'd pick it up and I'd transfer it to Prez. So Damiani calls in one day, asks for Marchines, I, I transfer it back to the Prez, and then he walks out like ten minutes later and says, "Elders, there's a problem with this report." And I was like, "What is it?" And Malkovich is like, "Excuse me, you know what's going on." And he's like, this says that only 5% of the, of the uh, you know, boys and men that we're baptizing are getting the priesthood. I'm convinced this number is wrong. Uh, it's got to be higher than that. And I said, okay, great. And uh, he's like, well, he's like, we need to put together a report. He's like, I want you to put together a report of every baptism from the last six months and whether or not those people have received the priesthood or not. Oh, nice. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Well, uh, you know, when do you need to buy it? And Prez is like, well, when do you think you can get it to me? And I said, I think, you know, three weeks, four weeks, you know, we might be able to, we might be able to do that. And he's like, he smiles, that big Marcin smile, yep. right? And he looks at me and he says, right. quote, unquote, and, and, he, and he breaks from Portuguese and says this in English, which he always does for dramatic emphasis. And he says, Elder, I'm going to show you, you can do it faster than that. I want it on Friday. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And it was, I think it was Tuesday, because I remember we had like four days to do it. So he walks out, and I send like an emergency fax to all the zone leaders. And I think I lied. I think I made up a story. I told, I, the fax said something like, Damiani's coming to our mission next week if we can't prove that we have more baptisms. And Damiani was not popular among any of the missionaries. Uh, no, nope, that's right. So zone leaders start calling me, and they're like, "What do we do?" It's funny seeing seeing Damiani on, on general conference. Right, right when we got back, yeah. yep. <laughs> that was that was. I was like, funny. okay, apparently the church likes him, even if Marchines didn't. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, all the zone leaders start calling me. They're like, "Oh my gosh, what do we got to do?" And I was like, "As like every single area, we got to talk to the ward secretaries, and you need to pull the re- the, re- the reports on all the priesthood ordinations in the last six months and start sending me names." And it was a panic. Uh, I mean, for three days, we were taking calls all day and night from, from missionaries. Like, yeah, I just talked to the ward secretary. Here's all the names. And we had to go back through all the, like, the fichas that we got and type all, yeah. all the six months' worth of baptisms into a record, isolate the young yeah. men and the men, and then mark whether or not they'd received the priesthood. 
boy. It was a beast, man. <laughs> uh, Malkovich and I were staying up to like three in the morning every night getting this thing done. Yeah. And uh, so we got it done on time. And it turned out that we we ordained like twenty eight percent, you know, okay. which was great. And we, I put the stupid report on Prez's inbox with a with a with a cover letter, and he walks past it for like four days. He, like oh. he looks at it and then sets it back down. And I'm like, "You said you needed this crap by Friday." Like I was so mad. <laughs> he he really didn't need that report, and it just sat there until like the next Tuesday or Thursday or something. And he finally picks it up and says, "Thanks for the report, Elder." So that was a rough <laughs> That's one. Awesome. Yeah. The other, do you remember Elder Todd? Um, yeah. Kind of quiet kid. Unless you give him a guitar, then he's not so quiet. Really, really amazing musician uh, okay. from, from southern Utah. Uh, my first, my only Christmas in the mission, I was in the mission office and I woke up in the morning because I heard somebody and I was like, that can't be Marchines on, on Christmas morning. And I walk out. And Marchines has dropped off a TV and a VCR and a stack of Disney movies. And I remember thinking, oh, he's so nice. You know, instead of being with his <laughs> instead of being with his family, he wakes up early and brings us Disney movies in the office. And there were three of us there on that Christmas day, me, Malco, and some injured fella. And uh, I can't remember. It's always, There's always an injured fella. I mean, you know, not yeah. always, but there was often one. And so we're watching Disney movies all day long, thinking Christmas is great. And I get a phone yeah. call um, from church headquarters in Salt Lake, and uh, they they tell me that uh, Elder Todd's dad died that morning. Oh boy! Yeah, Elder Elder Todd's dad died on a Christmas morning in 2003, and they're like, "We need to talk to the mission president ASAP." And I was I was just that's 2003. Yeah. yeah, I was I was I was I felt like an idiot. I was like, I, I don't know what to do. And they're like. Get, get the mission present. I was like, it's Christmas. They call his cell phone. I was like, oh, okay. So anyway, I, I handed it off to Marchines, and Todd went home for the funeral and had a real hard time getting back. He he left right before his visa expired. Remember that everyone's visa expired halfway through the mission? So yep. he left right before we could renew it, and so he had a hard time getting back. He had to spend several weeks in California on in some <laughs> Californian Spanish-speaking mission or something before we finally that could get him back to Brazil to finish his mission. That would be a change. Oh, that would be insane. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that Christmas, both because of the Disney movies and because of the phone call about Elder Todd's dad. That was rough. Yeah. Um, good stuff. We, we we made a lot of trips to Cabadelo. You'd probably never set foot in Cabadelo, did you? So Cabadelo nope. was a peninsula of Juan Pessoa. Uh, and it was it was its own city, you know, outskirt suburb or whatever of Juan Pessoa. But it was a peninsula that really, you know, went way out on the ocean. It was very, I mean, a really good baseball player could probably throw a baseball across it. It was not very wide, but it was yeah. wide enough that you had one main road and some apartment buildings on either side and a couple of mercadinos or something. And there was an area there, and Elder Dane, who I'm very fond of. Uh, Elder Anthony, I guess they called him. Anthony, Anthony. yeah. He was there. Uh, at first, he was there with Kimura, and then Kimura left, and he was there with Skelton, Adam Skelton. And yep. uh, we would oftentimes in the mission, we would um, leave the mission on P-Day Eve, which, by the way, Mecham, I also thought that was a real thing. And uh, <laughs> we would go to Cabadelo and spend the night there so we could see the sunrise because the Cabadelo mission, missionary apartment was literally on the beach. You you walked out of the front door onto the sand, you know, 
So the sunrise there was exquisite, and you could you literally could walk out on the balcony from the in the in the apartment and see nothing but beach and ocean and the sunrise. And okay. we would play you know card games at night and uh, wait you know wake up in the morning and get the sunrise. In fact, in my journal today, I found the scorecards from some of our card games. <laughs> Apparently, you know, Park must have been there at one point as well because I got his his scores. Um, so we're playing like phase days and uno yeah yeah, it's probably phase 10 yeah you know maybe it was uno those are the the common ones right i'm sure we weren't playing risk that would have been way too much mind power and no we uh, were playing risk all the time in bae we we played some risk in mosleto for sure it it was called war war right yeah war right yeah that's right i remember so that was those were fun experiences and uh, if i had to buy a house in brazil i'd go to Cabadelo, man it was the most beautiful place i saw in the whole mission it was breathtaking i didn't see any beautiful <laughs> no, you, you, you missed out I'm, uh... i missed out on anything pretty or nice oh, it man. was it was dirt roads or in the from Cabadelo, you i think that's where you would take the ferry to get to our area that was an island what was the name of that area it started with an L, but there was an area in Juampasoa that was literally an island. The only way to get there was on a ferry, and I okay. think the ferry sailed from Cabadelo, and I had to go to that area for two days at one point for some injury probably. I uh, did a couple interviews. Uh, but anyway, so I remember taking that ferry. That was kind of cool too. I, ah, Lucena? It might have been Lucena. It's, it sounds like a real area. I don't know what area. When it was. I was there, I went there. Molten was the guy that was there. He was there with Anthony for a while, and then I can't remember who he was there with when I went. But Molten was there for a very long time, and that was okay. a pretty area. Uh, but anyway, yeah, amazing, amazing, breathtaking view. I mean, I loved going to Cabadelo. Those are those are some of my most fond memories for sure. Um. Marchines found me sleeping on a couch once in the mission office. That's a good story. <laughs> when missionaries would, like every six weeks when you'd have the, the, the missionaries coming and going out of the mission, that was a lot yeah. of work for the, for the mission office. We would have to, we'd have to facilitate all that crap, book the hotels and you know, make sure people showed up and you know, all the travel. But anyway, one, one time yep. we sent some missionaries home, and missionaries would dump all their crap in the mission office they didn't want to take home, right? And there right. was this like pot, there was this box in one of the back closets that was full of these nasty old garments, and missionaries they were they're like I don't want to take these garments home. They dump them, and that box got bigger and bigger, and there's more and more full of nasty old garments. And, and one day after we took all the missionaries to the airport at like six in the morning, we get back to the mission office at like seven, and Elder Ayubi decides that we should burn them all. <laughs> and uh, you know he was he was strategic about it. It's not like he did a bonfire, but he's the in the mission office. You, you know, there's kind of this uh, stretch along uh, a side fence that was outdoors. It was kind of covered, yeah. and there, that's there's where the laundry machines were done. You got there through the kitchen, and he went out there yeah. and he just burned all these garments. And and unfortunately, the smoke from the fire had come into the office, and you couldn't even see in the office. I mean, it was so thick. So we had all the windows open, and, and I had taken the front door of the office and, and wedged it open. And while we were sitting there waiting for the smoke to clear at like 7 in the morning, I fell asleep on that couch in that little lobby area in the front of the office with the yep. door you know, cracked open, you know, stuck open. And I wake up hours later, like 9 or 10 a.m., 
and the, the door is shut. And I'm like, oh, good, someone's, someone shut it. And I look out, and I see the Mr. President's car is out there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fantastic. He walked in on an open door with me sleeping on this couch. <laughs> and he probably, by then, the smoke was probably gone. So I was always embarrassed about that. He never asked me about it, never brought it up. But I was always convinced that that was very embarrassing. <laughs> So those are some of the best uh, office stories from my first three months there. It's so good. I left the office. Um, hmm. I can't remember. March? I was there for three months, so I'm trying. I must have. I must have left in March. Yeah, somewhere right in there. I don't know. And, well, Where did you go? Uh, Kaiko. Um, okay. What what area? The zone leader one. I don't know. <laughs> it's changed. Villa de Principe, I think. That sounds right. That, sound, that sounds right. Uh, yeah. Because the sister, we're the sisters in the Kaiko, and then uh, yeah, yeah, the sisters. Um, the one with. Uh, yeah, sisters were in the Kaiko. My journal kept saying sisters in Kaiko, so maybe that was the name of their area, not just the city. Right. Um, yeah, the the area I was in, like you know, most of the baptizing was done. You had to walk through this huge like dirt path back to this like almost like suburb of the area where all the poor people lived. That's where we did all the teaching. Yeah. But this was the, my only opportunity in the whole mission where I chose my companion. I was, uh, okay. I was we were at a mission, a zone conference. We were at a whole, no, it was a whole mission conference. It was the month we did 625. We baptized 625 people, I think in like February or something. And we had this huge conference in March. And I think the whole mission was there. And all the zone leaders went into some zone leader meeting and they came out and Elder Long, do you remember Elder Long? Yeah, a very dramatic person, and uh, I say that because he's into drama, right? He's he's, he's a theater teacher now at a high school. Anyway, okay. he comes up to me and he's like, he was his own leader, and he's like, "What did you do?" And I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And he's like, "I'm your replacement." And I was like, "Excuse me?" He's like, "You you must be getting transferred because I just got called as the executive secretary." And I was like, "I didn't know that." <laughs> and so I, I run and find the prez, and I'm like, "Prez, I, am I getting transferred? Am I leaving the office?" And he grabs me, he takes me in a room, and he's like. Elder, you're going to Kaiko. I'm going to give you an option. You can choose your companion. Do you want to be companions with Elder Hafer or Elder Brand? Okay. And uh, Brand was like the hot shot at the time. He was the young, youngest senior ever, you know, youngest zone leader ever. I think he'd been in the field for like six months, and he was the zone leader in Kaiko. Uh, just, you know, huge reputation for being a stud. Uh, but I was I was embarrassed of like being junior companion to someone that had only been in the mission for six months. And so I was like, I'll, I'll go with Hafer. And he's like, all right, Hafer is your companion. And so I packed up all my stuff. I spent about six hours trying to teach Elder Long how to do the job. And I got on a bus and headed to Kaiko. Oh, boy. Yeah. And Hafer was the only American companion I ever officially had, I think, outside of the office. <laughs> uh, no, you had Meekum. That's true. Was that not no, official? No, that was official. You're right. For, for one week. <laughs> him and I were companions. Yeah, right. Roughly a week and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Miko. But I love Hafer. Uh, learned tons from Hafer. He also, though, decided it would be a great idea to spend a, 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 each week in a different area and make me hang out with other missionaries. So yeah. I spent a handful of weeks with Hafer, but then, you know, like I spent a week with Price. I remember for sure Elder Price and maybe some others too. Uh, it was a good area. I really liked Kaiko. Um, I didn't have any issues with the heat because I was used to it. You know, I, you know Mosoro, Patos, Kaiko was no big deal. Uh, yep. I really enjoyed that area. I had a lot of fun there. Um, yeah. It was it was great. Did you 
How long were you there? Um, I was only there for five weeks, so you know maybe okay. marching into April a little bit. Uh, not not long. Um, I I almost died of hiccups there, and my wife will laugh if she hears this because she doesn't believe me. But I had the hiccups so bad one day I almost died. <laughs> Hafer is my witness. He will he will he'll tell you the story. I really did. My my insides were aching so bad from these huge hiccups. I couldn't breathe, and I was like choking and trying to get air, and it was it was bad news. Oh boy! Yeah, so that's my that's my Kaiko story, really. We also uh, I had I learned something about the priesthood that I'll never ever forget. There, I think it was the week that Price was with me. We went to teach this girl who we taught a few times, and we taught a lesson about priesthood. And her mom was there, and after all the other neighbors left that we'd been teaching, you know, like there was probably twenty people in the room. Um, the girl started crying and the mom explains to us that she has some rare skin disease and that, you know, a gazillion doctors cannot figure out what's wrong with her. And if we have the same priesthood that the apostles of old had, will we please heal her? Yeah. And the, it, it, it was so much pressure, right? I, was, I just remember sitting there thinking, well, I have the priesthood, but I don't know if I have that kind of power, you know? And, and I just remember feeling so overwhelmed by the responsibility of curing some skin disease. And uh, so we we gave her a blessing, and I think I got transferred the next week. I really don't think I ever saw her again. But uh, I remember doing a lot of studying, and and I remember DNC, I remember reading DNC uh, is it 121 the whole rights and powers of the priesthood are inseparably connected to the powers of heaven. And uh, I remember really that was the day I really learned and understood this idea that uh, you know it's one thing to have the authority; it's another thing to have the power. And the power yeah. is, a, is a scalable power based on one's amount of righteousness and, okay. uh, and faith. Yeah. And so anyway, I was, that was very scary. I'll never forget that experience. That was in Kaiko. Did you, did you ever meet a guy there named uh, Valgier? Yeah. The chef? owned a restaurant, yeah. right? The chef, yeah. yeah. So we, uh, he, I think either, either we baptized him or he got baptized right before I got there. But we spent mm-hmm. a lot of time with him. Because uh, he was yeah, he's he's awesome. He, he would give us free food oh, at yeah. his uh, his restaurant down in the plaza. Because we were down in the yeah. plaza. Yeah, because uh-huh. we were in that we were in that area, so we'd walk uh, by the plaza. He opened that restaurant while I was there. In fact, I, I found an entry in my journal about me helping him set it up. You know, when he when he yeah. was opening it. Yeah, the first night. And That's uh, awesome. It was. It yeah, was I'm great. Facebook friends with him. Me he's too. in yeah. a restaurant in uh, in Natal. Is that where he is now? Uh, yeah, the, it's like a Kaiko Wentz restaurant. He posted, in, he posted in a video on Facebook today that I was watching. I couldn't understand it, but it was some cooking demonstration or something. I don't know. But what a stud. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll never, yeah, I'll never forget him. That would be one of very few members I actually remember from Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was that was my Kaiko experience. Yeah, it's, it's a fun place. I miss it. Yeah, loved, <laughs> loved that. And hey, for, man, what a stud. I just I, – I can't, I can't say often how many – I can't say enough how amazing all my companions were. Uh, I just, every companion I had in Brazil was amazing. And yeah, that's good. I felt so blessed. Hafer was one of those. Uh, so the, from there, I went to Park at Das Dunas. We finally arrived. Yay! We, we arrived. We arrived <laughs> in Parque de, de Las Dunas. And uh, I think I was just a senior companion there. And my first, my yeah. first companion was uh, Ahiesh. How do you say his name? Yep, Ahiesh. Ahiesh, and he had some issues. It was weird. Uh, mental stability oh, type problems. Um, not, just imagine, nice guy. just imagine a house with me and Gualberto and Almeida and Ahiesh. Oh, and 
That was a house where I wrote a bunch in my journal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, he, he was just bizarre. Um, the only companion I would say that I ever felt like, like Lord, why, why me, you know? But we yeah, were right. only companions either for one week or two weeks. I was only in the area for 24 days, according to my journal. Okay. Uh, and so that time was split between him and Mecham. And I, and I, I think I was two weeks with Ahiesh and then one week with Mecham, but I could be wrong. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I remember you coming in, and you were the only American for, that I lived with for a while, and I was so happy you were there. <laughs> uh, I, I have this journal entry about us going to a lunch appointment and you just talking to me in English during the entire lunch while, <laughs> while, while Berto was entertaining the you know the, the members. Yeah. You and I were in the corner, yeah. and you just were talking to me in English. and I, I, It was so noteworthy, I put it in my journal. <laughs> Elder Ricks just wanted to talk in English, so we did, and no one noticed <laughs> that we had a side conversation going in a different language. Uh, yeah, that was funny. Um, <laughs> I also played. You wrote a bunch of lists. I remember all your lists uh, in uh, the book of lists. Yeah, I, I started. That was a portion of my journal where I have a bunch of lists for, for no reason. Yeah, uh, so I had this, it was a three-ring binder. I had several three-ring binders, but one of them was a book of lists. And uh, there was just different lists for different things. Like, you know, some of them were mission-oriented, like movies I want to watch when I get home. Uh, you know, yeah. would be, But some of them were more like attributes I want in a wife. Um, you yeah. know, things I want to buy one day. Um, you know, just... Anything I could think of, I was like, yeah, I, sh I should make a list, you know. And so I'd grab a new piece of paper in the binder, put a title at the top, and, and start writing. And uh, yeah, no, that was a, that was a missionary favorite. Any, any, everywhere I went, missionaries loved the list. They're like, oh, I, you know, and they were public. Like, there's nothing particularly private about them. So mission, they, every missionary would pour through there, and they'd start making their own lists. Yep. And that was a yep. hit. And everybody was about the list. There was a there's a good Elder Paulson moment when when I was asked. What are your passions? Like, what is your passion? Like, what are you talking about? What are you passionate about? I'm like, man, I don't know. You're like, uh, I'm not passionate. I don't have. So I have like a, I have a list of passions. I go, of I can't remember what they are, but I think I wrote down five passions that I. Have. I I, uh, I loved finding out what missionaries were passionate about, and I really wanted to find out what missionaries wanted to wanted to do with a career. I'd always ask missionaries that. And so what are you going to do? And my intention was that I was going to build some network of, of uh, you know, I would know every somebody who did everything and never have to pay for anything ever again. That was my vision yeah. at the time. Or I was looking for people that could, you know, join my business because I had big dreams of starting a business. And uh, as I recall, and I'll never forget this, uh, when I was trying to get you to tell me something, you finally said something to the effect of, this might be word for word, I want to have a job where every day I walk into the office, I clap my hands together, and I say, "Okay, team." <laughs> uh, that's what that's what you told me. That was that was my Chadrick's you know, strongest memory is that he wanted to have a team. <laughs> yep, that's. I decided that I don't like. I I did have a team, and uh, I decided I don't like managing people. <laughs> And so now I just have a cubicle and I work on computer programs and I'm a happy guy. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I tried it Good out. Good morning, team. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. But we, we had some good times in the 24 days I was there. Um, no, there was that uh, the 
week of miracles where you did the powerful interviews and I baptized all these girls. I read that journal entry today, and uh, I, after we, we stopped recording, I should read it to you. Uh, I had forgotten about that. In that area, I was known as Elder Legal. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, uh, I don't re I don't recall how that started, uh, and I, I was skimming the journal, so if I wrote down that, I for I didn't see it. But uh, yes, everyone called me Elder Legal, and uh, I don't I really have no idea why. And it might be because I, I remember that. It might that. be because of a lunch that's story that I told, but that would that would get us off a tangent. But yeah, so the the gist of that was that you were teaching these these two sisters. And uh, one of them you had been teaching forever, and she just refused to be baptized. And the other girl finally decided to be baptized, and they, you know, all their friends were going to get baptized. And so I was doing these uh, interviews, and uh, I interviewed a couple of the girls, and I went out to get the next one. And the girl who had refused to be baptized was standing there, and I was like, you know, your turn, come on in here. And she's like, no. And I was like, we got to go talk to Rick's. And uh, she's like, no, no, no. And I was like, no, let's go. And so she follows me. And instead of walking to where you were in some other room of the chapel in the church, I walked into the interview room and she followed me in and I closed the door. And uh, she's like, I'm not getting baptized. And I was like, let's talk. And I sat down in front of the chair, in front of the door, so she couldn't leave. And uh, to, make, to make a long journal entry short, essentially... Um, eventually she told me a lot of things and we resolved some pretty serious concerns. And I said, will you get baptized today? And she said, not today. And I said, is it that time of month? And she said, yeah. And I said, it's not a problem. It's co the water's cold. <laughs> Everything will shine. Everything will shine. <laughs> you remember those conversations. In, I do. I've had many, many, many of those interviews. And you'd always do it with a fist with your hand. Fist. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. If the water's cold. Everything will shut. And you'd, you'd hold up the fist. <laughs> I don't know where I learned that. But we, we did that so many times. Don't worry. The water's cold. <laughs> and so she's like, okay, I'll get baptized today. And I was like, well, hurry home and get, the, you know, get a spare pair of underwear or whatever. So I sent her off. And she walked out of the room. And according to my journal, she saw you in the hallway on her way out. And you tried to say something to her. And she put her hand in your face and and said, shut up, Rex, and then walked out. <laughs> yeah. And then she came back, and uh, we put her in the water along with all the other girls. Yeah, um, I saw them my last week, you yeah, know, like yeah. going home. Uh, the tour? And me and Birch went to Park this Dunas, and randomly I saw her walking on the street, and she's, I'm Facebook friends with her, and she's still active. That's awesome. That's so huge. It is. It's like my only still active person in the world. So yeah, I, I remember that. I remember being called Elder Legal, and I remember, I mean, without having read the journal ender, I just remembered that there was some miracles surrounding the interview. But uh, I read that today, and it was intense. So yeah, very cool. Uh, the other thing I remember is I played a, a prank on you that you'd been called Zone Leader. Does, does that sound familiar? I don't remember this. No, it doesn't. So there was there was a zone leader conference in Juan Pessoa, and uh, right. we got a call, and I, I'm the one who took the call on the Ore Lounge or whatever it is. We got phone calls, and it was the right. zone leaders from our zone, and they told me that uh, I had to go with them to this zone conference, which implied that I was going to get called a zone leader. And while yep. they were talking to me on the phone, I was like, "Ricks has got to go." Okay, yeah, I'll tell Ricks. 
and you were there and you heard me, you know, this talk. You're like, what's going on? And so I hang up and I'm like, dude, you got to go to this, this zone leader conference. You're, you're being called zone leader. And you were ticked. You were so mad. You were just, you were upset. Like the, the, the last thing in the planet that you wanted was to be called a zone leader. Like you were so angry. And uh, I, I don't know how long I carried that on, probably an hour or two. And uh, anyway, so I remember that too. That's, that, you know, that would be the extent of my memories from that area. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, yeah. I'll look at my journal. I haven't looked at my journal since we started this. <laughs> well, since it made you, <laughs> since it made you mad, memory. you probably wrote about it. That's probably right. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, got called Zone Leader. And then there's apparently, I didn't know it was a famous story, but from the Meekum podcast, I, uh, I do remember this. I just didn't think it was a big deal, but it must have stuck out in your guys' mind. But I came back from that Zone Leader conference being called the Zone Leader and I had made a very significant uh, renewed commitment to be a better person yep. and a better missionary. And I think I, I must have told you guys about it. And, and uh, for whatever reason, oh, it, it stuck with deal. you. You came back. You came back. like, I am a new missionary. <laughs> and you're just completely serious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds familiar. Like, uh, I remember that feeling. I remember thinking about it. I don't remember... <laughs> making an impression with it <laughs> no that was, that was so funny uh, you guys probably looked at me like okay good luck with <laughs> yeah, that you were great <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times so i went to baie yeah uh my first official zone leader calling i think and I got a companion i don't think i didn't train him but he was relatively new it was florin florinchino yeah. Stud. Man, yeah, sharp good. as a tack. Uh, always yep. happy. Always. Ha I never saw him frown. Big smile. Short guy. Uh, he great. always had, like, keychains and stuff yeah. hanging yeah. up in belt that's loops. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what I remember that's, about That's him. totally true. Now that you say that, I remember that. <laughs> he, was, he was just so happy. I mean, he, he just yeah. just a bundle of joy. And, yeah, he was uh, great. Man, he, we had a great time in that area. We were in the same house. Uh, the other zone leader was uh, Long. Uh, okay. Nathan, no wait, Jeremy, Nathan, Nathan Long, Jeremy's his brother. Anyway, uh, Nathan Long, I think is his name. No, Josh, that's it, Joshua, Joshua Long. And his companion was Hy Hyman, Hymas, Hemus? Mm. Mm, something like that. And they were, they were, uh, they were tight. They were, man, they were really good friends. So anyway, they, they, they had the area for Mulchiraun and we had the actual Baye area. Th though yeah. the church was being remodeled and they were putting in air conditioning. So we were... We were having church in a library that the church was renting okay. at that time, uh, but we were, you know, we 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 went to Mochi Round to do baptismal interviews and saw how scary that area was. Uh, yep. And uh, I I had been in there once before. I spent a week in that area with Anderson when I when my first office run. But anyway, so yeah. we really, I really enjoyed that area. And Florentino was such a great missionary and an amazing companion, and we had good success there. And that's where I baptized my first gay guy. We uh, okay. we turned a guy straight and baptized him, <laughs> and uh, it was it was great. Uh, I think everybody should do that at least once in a mission. Uh, I interviewed a bunch of gay guys and denied. <laughs> I called president. <laughs> President's like, no, tell them to wait a month or two, and they never came back to church. So it was meant to be. <laughs> this guy was. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he. I mean, I think he was. 
active the entire time I was in the area. I couldn't speak to yeah. to anything after that. But he, he, I think he was truly converted. And there was a phone call, Elder Hymas or whatever his name was. He he made the he did the interview and he called Marchines and got the clearance. Um, yeah, that was great. We I was in Baye when we had the eight fifty one month. Okay. Um, and we had, I mean, the in March of that year, the Zona Baye baptized three people in the entire zone okay. in one month. And I got there in April, and I was just sweating bullets like, our zone sucks, and we're supposed to baptize 800-something people this month. Uh, I was just totally a, a train wreck about that. And I, I don't remember right. how well the zone did, but we definitely did better than, than three or 20 or something. And uh, we had a great success. It was it was a great Great zone and and really enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, it was also the first time I married somebody, so we had a couple that we were teaching that was not married. So we paid for the the wedding, we got them married, we baptized them, uh, and they had a kid, uh, a young kid that you know was too young to be baptized. But I mean, it was, that was my first real family baptism experience uh, in that area as yep. well. So those those are some of my best memories from Baye. Love love that area. A little bit after I left that area. Uh, someone broke into that house and like stole everything that was in the house that was of any value. And I found out, you know, a couple of weeks later after I left and I was like, oh man, I'm glad I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, that was like the, was that the house on the hill or was it the house? No, it was on the hill. It was on the hill. It was after the, the robbery that they moved down, you know, on, yeah, on the yeah, main street. Yeah. yeah, the nice patio yeah, up on yeah, the roof. Yeah. I, I went back and visited that house at one point, but uh, I lived in the one up on the hill. Okay. Yeah. Um, I also baptized a guy there that was a total miracle, prodigy, amazing man. Uh, I mean, I, I just, I really had some good experiences there as a missionary. Yeah, it's good. By a. Uh, also, remember remember that area had like a military uh, base in it? Like way in the back, uh, you know, up up the hill, way back there, there was a military base. You don't remember that? Oh, it was cool. Sometimes uh-huh. you'd see soldiers, like military vehicles would drive by on that main road. It was That was kind of cool. I enjoyed that. So, yeah, good times. And then the worst thing in my mission, as far as I'm concerned, happened. I got called back to the office. <laughs> was this with Marchines or with Gaishwan? Marchines called me back to the office six weeks before he left. Or maybe four weeks okay. before he left. So, essentially, he called yeah. me back to be there when he left. Okay. And uh, Long had been sent packing, you know, long before that. I don't, he'd been through three or four executive secretaries while I was out. I, I can't yeah. remember who all they had been. I can't remember either. All I know is when I came in, the, no one was waiting for me. I just picked it up and ran with it. Yep. And uh, by now, Anderson was the new financial secretary, and he actually stuck. Malco didn't have to come back again. Anderson Anderson was 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 good enough that he could apparently you know Malco could be a missionary again, and okay. uh, so it was me and Anderson in in the office, and I got there on my birthday, June eighth, two thousand four. Okay, happy birthday! Yeah, happy birthday! You're going back well, to you're the office. Sleep in, you're gonna sleep in air conditioning on your birthday. Dude, That's all I care. It was about. it was not good. I mean, we were I was we were having the big eight fifty one party. Remember after we did eight fifty one in May. And we had this huge yeah. party the first week of June. The whole mission came, and it was like, congrats, we did it, A51. And uh, I, there was, they passed out the new transfers to all the zone leaders, and I was the zone leader. So I got the, the, the packet for our zone, and I unzipped it, and I pulled it out. And the first thing I see is Paulson, uh, Baye, and then there's an arrow, and then office. 
executive secretary. And I, I just <laughs> sunk. Like, my knees gave out. I hit the ground, and I started to cry. I could not believe yeah. I was going back to the office. <laughs> That's painful. It was crushing. It was emotionally yeah. crushing. And, and I, you know, I knew exactly. What, in my mind, I knew it. I was like, okay, yeah, Martinez is leaving the mission. And so I got to sit, I, I, I got to be there when the new mission president arrives. And, and of all the things that I would tell you, I think I was preordained to do, that would be the only one. I truly believed I was mm. preordained to, to be there when Geschwatner showed up. <laughs> uh, man. So June 8th, 2004, back in the office. So here, you ready for the financial audit story? This is the time for the financial <laughs> audit. Okay. So me and Anderson are doing our thing, and two guys that are really smart and fancy. One of them was Brazilian, one was American. They come in from Sao Paulo, and they're they're doing financial audits of all the missions. So there's they spend like three days in the office with Anderson, talking to Anderson about money, and uh, at one point, you know, it's late at night. It might have been six, seven o'clock, and uh, I don't know if it, if you know this, but we didn't proselyte in the mission office. I think we're supposed to, but we'd never had. <laughs> The time right. we we worked till 11 p.m. every night, so there's no way we we're going to go tracting uh, in the richest area in the mission. So anyway, it's probably like I don't know 7 8 p.m. and they 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 get to the point where the guys are like, so what is this? We're how come they, they figured out that the missionaries were not getting their full mezadas? And they're like, you know, these guys are supposed to get X dollars or X AIs, and they're they're getting like three or four AIs less. How come? And Anderson's like, well, that's because we we take that money off the top and we put it in the in the marriage account. And the guy's like, excuse me? And Anderson's like, yeah, you know, we, we take the money off of everybody's mezada and we put that in this separate account. And when, pe- when, when people need to get married and they can't afford it, uh, we pay for it. And I, I hear this conversation. I'm like, oh, crap, we're screwed. <laughs> I was like, we are in big trouble. That's right. <laughs> so so the, these guys are like, you can't do that. That Anderson puts up a fight. I mean, Anderson's like, oh, oh no. we're doing it. And they're like, you can't do that. And Anderson's like, these people can't get baptized if they're not married. They can't afford to get married. Like, we have got to have this money or else we can't. This, You know, these people are not going to go to heaven. Like, Anderson was adamant. Like, this is all he'd ever known. And, and to change it, he was like, was, he was convinced it was morally wrong to not have that money yep. there. And these guys were just like fighting with Anderson. Like, no, it ends now. Like, no more. And uh, at one point, I remember the gringo, he actually like had to speak in English to Anderson. Like they stopped speaking in Portuguese and he's and he, he, he just starts, he, he says something like to the effect of, don't you think if the church wanted to pay for these people's weddings, that the church would give you the money for it and you wouldn't have to steal it from each missionary's allowance? Like it, it, it was, it was dirty. Like it was a dirty conversation. And the next day, <laughs> the next day, Martins comes in the office and, and we're like, hey, these guys told us we can't do this anymore. And Martins is like, elders, I don't think I ever knew about it, but that was a great idea. Too bad it's over. <laughs> you know? and we're like, yeah, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> you know he's like denying it. So that was, yep. that was the story with the, with the marriage fund. Me Anderson would, uh, I'm sure he still has bitter feelings about it. That was intense. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, there's the famous story about uh, the first time any missionaries outside of the office met Geschwantner. Yeah, what's Hendricks that? will tell it better. As you saw, he posted the picture, the famous picture, on, on our Facebook group. But uh, I'm doing something in the office, and Geschwantner 
I mean, he might be like two weeks in, in the mission. And he walks down from his office and he says, Elder Paulson, uh, where are the APs? And I was like, crap, if I know, man, these guys are in a different area every week. You know, this is, this is, you know, they were still doing the Marchines thing where they just, you know, traveled yeah. constantly. And Geshaunder's like, well, yep. I need to talk to him. And I think it was Watts and uh, Dale Oliveira were the APs. Okay. Uh, I'm confident. I'm, I know that's who it was. And uh, I was like, well, I'll try and call them. Uh, I can't remember what area they were in. They might have been in Valentina because Watts loved that area. He'd go there as often as he could. And so I tried to get a hold of them. And, I, and, you know, like three minutes later, like you could get a hold of a missionary in three minutes, right? It's like, you yep. know, it's like playing the telephone game. It's like it's going to take at least 12 hours. Uh, so anyway, mission president comes back down three minutes later. Did you get hold of him? No, uh, Prez, I, you know, I, I left a message with somebody, and you know, maybe we'll hear from him later tonight. <sighs> Elder Paulson, how well do you know Natal? And I'm, I was like, well, I, I, I've been there a few times. He's like, how about the area Nova Natal? And I was like, I spent a week there. He's like, pack your bags, elders. We're leaving, and I don't know when we're coming back. And, and he turns around and he walks back up to his office. And Anderson looks at me like, both of us? And I was like, well, you can't stay alone. So, so we, we both grab a bag. We throw garments in it, some change of clothes. I print off the phone list of all, of like the, all the state presidents and bishops in Natal. And we jump in the yeah. car. And we have no idea what, what's going on. So like halfway through the trip, which by the way, there's... I'd never been in a car in, in like on a road trip before in Brazil. Like it's, you're always on a bus, right? But apparently these these roads have like speed bumps, like every two miles, and so you can like the mission president, like Geshwaner, we'd hit these speed bumps, and he would like mutter under his breath, like he, he'd hit them like super fast, and like the car would like rattle, and you know we'd, we'd like you know, Anderson would hit his head on the top of the car, and we'd be like. Oh, we're still alive. And Geshwander would say something on his breath, like, bruh, bruh, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> so we, about halfway, I don't know, like an hour and a half in the car, he's like, well, I guess there's no way around it. I'm going to have to tell you boys why we're going up here. And we're like, okay. Like, we're convinced, like, you know, some missionary's having sex with somebody. And uh, yep. he's like, I got a call tonight from uh, one of the members in the area, Nova Natal. And it turns out that the sisters in this area we're at the elders' house on P Day, having a par- having a party to <laughs> having a party July, together. July. Yeah, on Fourth of July, and I'm and me and Anderson are thinking. Both of us are thinking. So what? <laughs> like okay, and <laughs> and he's like, so. <clears throat> wait, wait a second. No one is pregnant. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we're like so, it's they were they were just there. Like the problem is that the four sisters were in the same house as as four elders and they cooked pizza together that that's the problem yep. right uh, and we're so you know we're just like okay yeah for sure you know and uh, he's like he's like uh we need a certain level of confidentiality elders uh, you know that this is not going to be a night where you know i need you to just be quiet and sit there and uh, i don't i don't know what's going to happen i don't know if i'm going to send some boys home tonight Holy and uh <clears throat> you know but um, I'm sure I'm sure there's going to be some bags packed, and we're we're just like holy crap! Like this guy has been in the mission field for like a week, and he thinks he's going to send some boys home because they had the sisters over for pizza. <laughs> like, it was crazy. I was just like I could not believe I witnessed this. <laughs> and we get there, and little did I know. Uh, oh, by the way, I couldn't navigate Natal. I, I mean, you take buses everywhere. I don't know how to get anywhere. So I ended up having to call no the way. state president and passing the phone to Geshwantner 
and and he like explained to Geshwander how to drive into the area and get there. And once we got to the chapel, then yeah. I was good. I was like, yeah, I know where the house is. And now the problem is that the house that I knew uh, is where the elders were, and now it was sisters. And I was yeah. like, I was like, this this is the house. And so, the president parks the car. I jump out. Anderson stays in the car. Which house was uh, it? It's the one where you were, and Mateos and Summers were when I spent a week with there. The, with the weird metal yes. gate. Yes. Kind of the big front yard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, you know, and it's like 11 o'clock at night. And so I'm clapping and screaming, elders, elders, you know. And finally, uh, a sister walks out. It was sister. I'm going to guess now. Oh, Roberry. Oh, man, I was so close. Uh, Nowman was there. <laughs> I think they were companions, in fact. Yeah, yeah, I saw the picture too. <laughs> <laughs> so Roberry walks out and she's like, Paulson? And I'm like, so the elders don't live here, huh? <laughs> and she's like, no. And I was like, where do the elders live? And she starts trying to explain it. I'm like, hold on a sec. So I open the door and I'm like, I was like, present. Like, this is where the sisters live now. Apparently the elders are in a different house. And Roberry sees that I'm talking to somebody and that it's the mission president. And, and like, no one even knew what Geshwantner looked like. And she starts freaking out. And she, and I'm and the president like sits there for a second, he mumbles again some more under his breath. All right, uh, sisters, I need you to get in the car and show us where the elders live. So Roberry and Nauman jump in the car in the back with Anderson, the three of them on the seat, me in the front, <laughs> and they they explain to us how to get to the elders' house. They point it out. They say that's the elders' house, and uh, and we we mark it in our minds. We go back, drop off the two sisters, and then go back to the elders' house and walk in. Turn lights on, get them out of bed. <laughs> and uh, Hendricks, maybe <laughs> Hendricks is the better guy to tell the story, but uh, at the end of the day, Geshwater decided not to send anybody home. And Good. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, uh, everyone seemed, I guess, repentant enough that he was satisfied. And oh boy. Uh, me and Anderson <laughs> just sat there, literally standing against a wall, while the the four missionaries and Geshwatner were sitting in chairs around a table talking. And me and Anderson have our hands behind our backs, like doing the uh, "I'm not listening" whistle kind of stare, like oh, duh, duh, I'm not here. It was mega awkward, man. <laughs> and then we jumped back in the car and drove back to Juapaso. <laughs> yeah. It was it was That's crazy, awesome. and so anyway, that mission that story circulated very quickly, and I think people realized that Geshwatner was no Marchines. Yep, that's right. Um, that was that was intense, right? It was a diff- different mission, and it wouldn't be a new mission until your group left in December. That's right. And then he had to get rid of us before he could make big changes. That's right. It's like I'm never right. gonna get these guys to go along with what I'm doing, so I got to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a speech that he would make. I don't know if you ever got this speech. I got this speech 12 times, at least 12 times. I, uh, uh, he would bring me into his office, and he would draw these boxes. And the boxes were days of the weeks. Uh, here's the, here's Sunday. Here's Monday. Here's Tuesday. And he'd like, you know, you, you, you find somebody this day. You teach them the first lesson this day. You know, da, da, da. And they go to church on this day. And then, you know, this day. You know, and he'd go through this whole – and I, I, I had it memorized. And it was – the whole point was – we got to give people more time before we baptize them. And he would give this speech over and over. And I got it. So, and he would do every interview he had with every missionary. He would give the same speech. And I was just so tired yep. of the boxes. And uh, poor, poor D.L.E. Veda. The first time the APs came into the office to meet Keshwantner, he gave D.L.E. Veda the speech. And D.L.E. Veda came out crying. Just, I mean, he, oh, could, he was inconsolable. He put his head down on the desk and just, 
you, you, he couldn't even like talk. He was inconsolable. And it was it was only months later in Campina Grande that I finally asked him what happened in there. And he's like, well, he's like, for the first time in my mission, I felt like I was a bad missionary. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, dude, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't think I ever walked out of a, a an interview with Geishwander feeling like a good missionary. <laughs> even my last interview didn't go over particularly well. Uh, Malco. My last interview, my last interview was, okay, you are the top baptizer of the mission right now, but that doesn't mean anything when you go home. <laughs> oh, okay. What? Is that supposed to make me feel good? No, thanks, Christian. I love it. I love it. He never did anything to make anyone feel good. The poor guy, too. I feel bad for him. I mean, his first day in the, in the office, he comes out. He's like, Elders, do you know how to get to my home? And I was like... I, I'm not going to lie to you, Geshwatner. I was like, I don't know, Prez. I was like, I don't know if you knew this, but President Martinez did not live in the apartment, you know, that the church pays for. He had his own house. I do not know how to yeah. get to your apartment. I've never been there, and and you know, and, and so you know, stuff like that. You know, and, and Geshwatner owns a wizard franchise. Martinez owns Wizard. Yeah. Like you know, I I, yeah. I bet it was very tough to come into Martinez's shoes. Yeah. Like I bet he just felt, you know, semi intimidated. No, I, I don't. A bunch of punk 19, 20-year-olds thinking they run the world because they can baptize right, people in a week. Right, right. Um, I mean, I couldn't handle that. I would be sitting home people, too, oh, poor, just for poor Schwander, dude. I mean, I mean I, I, we'd get, I'd get a call with Martins, right? You remember how Martins talked on the phone? Do you ever see Martins? Yeah. Like, like, when he was talking, he'd take the, hand, the, the phone away from his head, and he'd position it so that the microphone of the, of the phone was in front of his face, but there was no conceivable way he could hear you talking. <laughs> and and it was, it's like you know, like when I'm talking, you're listening. Like that, you know, and that's how he talked on the phone. It's like you know, we get a call in the office, and like, hey, my companions, you know, flirting with Moses and drinking Coke and cola and da da da. And I'd be like, hold on a sec, I put Prez on, and, and Prez would like be walking by. He'd grab my phone, like, Elder, did you baptize this week? You know, yeah, da, da, yeah, yeah. And you'd hear the missionary start, yeah, da, yeah. And he's like, okay, bueno, you know, call me when you don't baptize. And he'd hang up the phone. You know, and, and that's that's Marchines, but then Geshwatner would be like, "But pack your uh, bags, we're going to go visit. <laughs> Others, pack your bags, we're going to Nathal, and I don't know when we're going to be back. There was another <laughs> similar incident where Geshwatner gets a call that some missionaries are out too late, flirting with some girls. He calls me, he's at home, he calls me up in the office, he's like, do we have keys to the apartment of such and such area? And I was like, yeah, we have we have backup keys for every apartment in the office he's like he's like meet me on the front curb i'll be there in three minutes so i grab the keys i'm sitting on the sidewalk in front of the mission office geshwander comes flying up in the jeep and I, you know i mean the guy could drive like an insane man like he's a very scary <laughs> driver and so i jumped in and he hit the gas we left anderson alone in the office and he flew to these guys' apartment i gave him the keys he lets himself in he walks in it's like 10 o'clock and it's dark, and I'm like, oh, crap, they're not home. These guys are going home, dude. Guess Wander is going to pack their bags for them. And uh, we turn lights on, and they're in their beds asleep. And they come out, and they're like, Prez, like, what, what's everything okay? And, and Prez is like, doesn't know what to do. Like, he thought he was going to catch them doing something, and, and they were asleep in their beds. And that was also a very awkward conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was, that was Guess Wander. That's just the way we did things, yeah? It was nature of the beast. Oh man, it's been hours. <laughs> you have so many stories, Jacob. Well, hopefully they don't suck. <laughs> hopefully they get recorded. We dropped a bunch of calls 
And hope, I don't. Yeah, they're hopefully they're there. I have a I have, <laughs> a, I, I have a backup. I am recording. So. Oh, you yeah. are. That's great news. Oh man. I'll let you know if we don't. So wait a second. You're just there at Geishwantner. Let's breeze through the last part of your mission and maybe come back to it at another time. Yeah, Circle I think around we'll be about part two. Yeah, we can we can take a pause if you need. I don't need to, but. Uh, I don't know how long. It's going to be a two-parter for well, sure. We're, we're not too far from done. I only have one more area, and this. Okay. Yeah, we're not, we're not doing too bad. Um, so, what month are we at right now? Oh, somewhere between July and September. Um, okay. the, the only other thing I'll tell you about the mission office, other than constantly finding out about all the things Marchines was paying for, uh, yeah, was uh, I did get to drive a car when I was in the office. <laughs> yeah, nice. that was that was that sticks out in the memory. Uh, sister Geshwander came and grabbed me and Watts on a P-Day. And uh, some sister was flying in all by herself from the MTC. And, and so we had to go pick her up at the airport. And Sister Geshwander didn't know how to get to the airport. So she asked, she's like, okay. Elder Paulson, do you know how to get to the airport? I'm like, yeah. She's like, will you drive? I was like, I don't, I wasn't going to say, I don't think I'm allowed to. I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I drove. Watts sat in the passenger seat and Sister Geshwander sat in the back of the Jeep. And we went and picked up these two sisters at the uh, at the airport. <laughs> And, that's yeah, awesome. So that was that's mother. I'll never forget that I, I drove. Was that so scary? Uh, a little bit. At first, it was like, like exhilarating. Like you don't have a license. Yeah, no, at first, you don't have a license. At first, it was exciting. But after a while, you're looking at Watts and you're like, "How do I know what the speed limit is?" Yeah, right. <laughs> like, this is in kilometers per hour. Like I don't even. Like, <laughs> like, you just all of a sudden realize you don't know the traffic laws at all. Like <laughs> it feels like you're going too right, fast. Like, wait a minute. Like, what, I don't what if we know. Pull over. And. Uh, <laughs> It was that was an interesting experience. So I saw a side of Sister Geshwantner I never saw before. We we took these poor sisters to this apartment that had been closed, and it was a disaster. It was nasty. The fridge was disgusting, and Sister felt so bad for these two sister missionaries that she was dropping off that she went back to some like mercado, bought a bunch of cleaning supplies, a bunch of food on her own dime, I'm sure. And they were not mega wealthy people, and uh, yeah. and went back. And, and me, Watts, and her, and these two sisters cleaned the apartment through and set them up and gave them food. And I was just like, "Sister, it's cool. They can clean the freaking refrigerator. Let's go." But she would not have it. Yeah. So that was that was pretty intense. That was cool. That's good. I'm glad the sisters were treated good by the geisha. Well, I think, I think that she just <laughs> felt bad. Like I can't leave these sisters in this. No, dump, that's true. You know? Like they're no, that's, that's one, good. Of, one of them <laughs> was was new. You know, right out right out of the MTC, and the other one was not. But. I can't even remember the names. Yeah. So from there, uh, mission president s- sends me as a zone leader to Malvinas in Campina Grande. Okay. And that was my last area. Um, I trained there. I only had one companion the whole time I was in Malvinas. Uh, Ginat- Ginato. Wow. Luis uh-huh. Leandro Ginato. A- and, yeah. And... Uh, I loved Ginato, and he loved me, and we're still. If there's, he's the only Brazilian I've talked to in the last year. I mean, him and I actually instant message on occasion, and he realizes how bad my Portuguese is. And anyway, uh, so I still have a relationship with Ginato. We 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 were very good uh, friends and, and good companions, and that was a great area. Um, when I first got there, I was in a house with Fredson and Weaver, who was also new. Yeah. And so Weaver's yeah, great. He was, he was he was a funny cat. I liked Weaver. Weaver's Weaver's so he's great. Yeah, uh, but the other zone leader was uh, Hibero, who lived across town. That was really awkward that him and I were zone leaders and we weren't in the same house. 
Um, yeah, that's and weird. that was really awkward. And then eventually he he got sent pack and, and De Oliveira came from being an AP to being a zone leader in with me in Campina Grande. And he he did live in the same house. And he picked up uh, Killian, I think was the other's name. Okay. And they were awkwardly close. Like they slept in the same they, <laughs> they slept in the same twin bed together. Like like when I say they were peas in a pod, I mean that they held hands. Like it was awkward. Like if I didn't, if I if I hadn't known Di Oliveira prior to that, that that experience, I would have decided right then and there I needed to call the president. <laughs> Prez, you got to send these boys home. They do not belong here. But because I knew I knew Di Oliveira so well, it, it was just like no, this is just they they have this relationship, you know that. That's, it that's, was that's it hilarious. was it was awkward at best, but yeah, it was fine. Ginato and I were like, oh, you know, teach, teach <clears> their that, own. That reminds me of a, a like as a zone leader, you're supposed to go to Juan Pessoa or Natal for a conference. Right. But I was out in Kaiko, and we had to spend the night in Natal, <laughs> and we had to spend the night in uh, in Johnson's house, and and they didn't have any hammocks, and I wasn't gonna sleep on the floor. They didn't have any extra mattresses. They had one hammock. So, like, I think Pickett or something slept in that hammock. And I slept in the same bed with Johnson. And Johnson is huge. And we, we, we slept, so my feet were on his pillow, and his feet were on my pillow. So we slept, like, so our heads weren't together. He was so mad when I told him that I was going to sleep in his bed. Did you ever, did you ever pull the move? In those, this happened to me several times where... Uh, you'd have two missionaries with no bed to sleep on, so you'd take a mattress, you throw it on the floor, you turn it sideways, and you could put all three. And yeah, your feet were on the. On the, the uh, yeah, so you have three on, missionaries yeah. that were half on a mattress. I did that yeah. on more than more than no, one. No, I night. didn't. I didn't do three. Yeah, I just slept on the same bed, <laughs> same twin bed with Johnson, and made him so mad. <laughs> Johnson, uh, what's his first name? Was it Mark? Mark Johnson. Maybe. I don't. Mm. I don't. Remember. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, Mark. I, think it was, I, I don't think know. But um, yeah, good. Good. Man. I don't. I don't think he's on Facebook, so we, I don't think he knows about the podcast. Yeah, he was in Salt Lake for a while. We we talked after the mission at some point, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I definitely have lost track of him. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I liked Campina Grande. Good times. I don't know that I have a lot of stories there. I spent a decent amount of time. I was there from September eighth to the day you know that I left. Uh, we definitely baptized a lot of people. It was great being a zone leader with Dale Iveta. He was such a stud. He was so good yeah. at what he did. And him and I were both trained by Nita. So we kind of had a, a bond of friendship from our, you know, having the same dad, I guess. And, yeah. Uh, I was never close. I was never in the same area or house with the Oliveira. But we were zone leaders together and we'd see each other on conferences and stuff. Yeah. Amazing. That's all. Amazing missionary. Just uh, I, I would put him at the top of you know three or four missionaries that I I, I just was so impressed by all the time. Um, yeah, he was really good. We, the, the, uh, did you ever go to that area? Were you ever in Campina Grande? <laughs> I was in three areas. Field? You never made it out there. Huh? Like liter- literally three or four. I... So Nova, Nova Natal, Parque des Dunas, Caico, and Valle. Wow, and that's it. I spent at least a week in every city of the mission except for like Curais Novas and like Mamanguapi. I spent a week in Kuais Novos with uh, with Meeks, and that was great. Meeks, Meeks, oh my gosh! <laughs> um, yeah, so the 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 house we lived in in Malvinas was above uh, uh, some evangelical church, 
That was awkward. Okay. So we would often yeah, that like, come home from a long day of work and they'd be like mid sermon and we'd like have to like yeah. walk right past everybody up the stairs to our apartment. That was yep. weird. Um, it's it's where I have the most pictures because I went half the mission without a camera. It got stolen. And right before I left the mission office, I got a, a new camera. So I have tons of pictures from Malvinas. Um, yeah, Sony Cybershot. Sony Cybershot. Tell <laughs> I remember shopping for digital cameras with you. I think it was some pa- some parents came to pick up their kids, and we had them like bring like five digital cameras. Uh, and that yeah. mine was among among those. Um, yeah, a lot of awkward things in that area. Like there was these these like fourteen year old homosexual kids that would hang out underneath our window, and like you know spit insults at us all the time, and we'd constantly be trying to hit them with buckets of water. Um, D.L. Iveta loved that game. That was like a good pastime. We had we had this really <laughs> cool P-Day, and I think anybody who served in Campina Grande might remember this, but there was some member in the stake. Uh, it was not in any ward I served with, but they, they owned some like farmland, like country house outside of the city, and it was commonplace in this area, and it, it happened once while I was there that we took the whole zone on a P-Day out to this like farmhouse uh, you know, out out of the city, and we had this huge barbecue. Yeah. And we played played like American football and soccer, and it was that was awesome. That was really cool. I remember that really well. Uh, I, I wish fine. I could remember you know who the member was or some more details. Uh, and, and the other famous thing in Campina Grande, I think a lot of people would remember, was there's a restaurant called Mega Burg. There was a burger restaurant that was actually like borderline close to a real a real burger you know like it didn't it didn't have peas or corn on it yeah and yeah. uh so that was that was another thing that i think was famous about campina Grande that i remember well uh but okay. yeah great great area i had great p days there the missionaries we always got together we played basketball or something i spent me and me and uh, dane uh, elder anthony we were really tight from all the way from the mtc through the end of the mission and uh, he was in that, that area at the same time. He was in a different area in the same zone. And so we hung out a lot on P-Days. And I spent my last week in that zone uh, on, on, uh, on exchanges with him. Uh, so anyway, that, those would be some of my best memories there. I actually got to spend a little bit of time there with Spendlove. Spendlove and I were in the yeah. FTC together. And I thought we, were, we had a really good bond there. And I just never saw him again until my last couple of months in uh, Campina Grande. So that was yeah. good too. I really liked spending that time with Spend Love. That's good. Did you go on a tour of the mission on your last week? Yeah, or did you yeah, just... we did. Um, Malkovich, of course, arranged it all and got got permission. Yeah. So he tells me. I, I assume he did. I have no reason to believe otherwise. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think there was there was. So Geishwantner was pretty uh, pretty lax on that tour of the mission. I mean, you oh, got a, pretty much a week and, off. And, and, you know, imagine how excited he was to get rid of my group. Right? Yep. It's like, whatever I remember you guys that. I remember. Want, just go away. I remember January after you guys left. Oh, like, and we were all worried that I was like, "Yep, there's going to be new rules coming out. It's a new, it's a new mission. All the leadership is gone. All these new zone leaders. Now it's going to be Geishwantner's zone leaders rather oh, than man. Martin's zone leaders. Was, I'm sure. I'm sure it was fun. I mean, was there immediate changes that were like tangible or? Oh, like the. The people that were called zone leaders weren't baptizers. So, like, um, Almeida was the AP. Yep. With, uh, and Almeida. What's his name? I was the other AP, another Brazilian. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember. Nice his guy, name. though. 
Nice guy. I mean, I like Almeida, but he wasn't a baptizer. No, no. He's was, he was a spiritual guy. Yeah. It was just a different time. But I just remember, <laughs> like, I don't care who the mission president is. I don't care who my zone leader is. I'm in this area with my companion, and we're going to baptize every week. <laughs> you can give me whatever. You can give me whatever rule to not to make me not baptize. Right? Wait a month. Wait three weeks. But I'm going to baptize every oh week. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to put people in my pocket and save them for later. I'm going to sandbag. Whatever it takes. <laughs> whatever it whatever takes. Whatever it takes. So people, were, when Gage Schwantner came up with these new rules, are like. I'm just not going to baptize. See how he likes that. I'm like, screw that. <laughs> like, this is my ego on the line. I got to go baptize. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is Rick's we're talking about. You know, we lost a lot of other benefits, too. Like, when Martins left, like, for example, if you had a wizard franchise in your area, they were your best friend. Yeah. You stop by there, you get a free soda, you knew all the wizard people. That disappeared. And remember the discount we got at Pizza No, you wouldn't remember. You were never in Juampasoa. But there was a Pizza Hut in Juampasoa, and missionaries got a discount because Wizard... <clears throat> no, that was a... I thought the discount was just it's Monday afternoon. <laughs> it was a discount. It, it was a deal that the company Pizza Hut had done with Wizard. Wizard had a, a business partnership with Pizza Hut. And it was through that Wizard arrangement that missionaries got a deal at Pizza Hut. When, when, when Martins left, it was over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was a lot of things. I, I still went to Pizza every week in Bay. Oh, why wouldn't you? And we went bowling and Pizza Hut every Monday for went PA. To the mall, the only mall in the whole mission. Um, Do you remember the mall? Yeah, the, there was a mall. Was in there? Uh, I wasn't there long enough go, to know it. Yeah. No, it's over by the. It's downtown, over by. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Well, I don't remember much about Natal no. at all, to be honest. Yeah, I, I do. Not, <laughs> I spent a little time there. Uh, I spent some time. Natal. Yeah. All right. Well, and then you go home, and um, I guess I don't know. That's your last area. That's your last week. Yeah. Any other things from your last week we, we or your last very, interview? Yeah, we How was a very negative experience leaving the mission? Actually. Um, we were in the hotel, the hotel, right? Uh, that everyone stays at yep. on your way in and your way out. And the next morning, yeah. we, were, we were supposed to go to the airport. And uh, I think the story was that Carr and I, uh, we were going to like pool all the pictures we'd been taking with our cameras, put them all on a bunch of CDs, and make copies of these CDs uh, and give them to some of the other elders that were with us before we left. And we didn't have time to do it. Okay. So we, we decided we're going to wake up really early and go to the mission office because the computer at the mission office had a CD burner. Uh, and okay. so we, we, we do it. We get up early. We head to the mission office. We start making copies of the discs. And uh, Mick Dowell is the new executive secretary who was yep. trained by Maurer, uh, who was trained yep. by, my, by me. And, <laughs> get out of here. And, uh, and, and you know, Carr <laughs> spent half his mission in the office because he was injured so much. He he had a yeah. huge problem, a hip or knee or something, and uh, yeah, his calf. Well, half, he didn't calf have half a calf, as you recall. So there was right. some in, there was some yep. injury associated with that. So anyway, we do our thing, and McDowell, I think, was not overly pleased with the way we commandeered the office, like we owned the joint. And it was me and Carr <laughs> and Malkovich, and and to be honest, we probably acted and felt like we did own the office. 
the amount of time yep, we all I'm spent sure there. Malcolmich <laughs> sure uh, had a key. He had a key to the office. He let him, we, 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 we let ourselves in. We didn't even knock. And yeah. uh, the APs, the new APs, Almeida and whoever the other guy was, I wish I could remember his name. He was such a nice, great guy. Yeah. I spent some time um, with him at some point. He was in my group too. Anyway, um, they were they were there. They were living in the office because that was the new thing for APs to do, and yep. uh, they were, I think, also a little bit bent out of shape about the way we were just like walking and doing whatever we wanted and ignoring their their wishes. They changed the rules of of who goes into the office. Yeah. Like if when I visit when I visited uh, the office after you guys left, the m- missionaries weren't allowed past the door. Right. Like you had to stay in that little lobby, and McDowell was a Nazi about. That. Yeah, so maybe that, that maybe that was part of it. Um, so anyway, needless to say, before we escaped the office and headed to the airport, Geschwantner grabbed the three of us and pulled us in his back office, and that was our true last interview. And it was not yeah. happy. Um, oh boy! He just told us, you know, in no uncertain terms that we had made bad decisions, and that you know. It was the end of an era, so to speak, and we needed to repent. And he asked for Malco to give the key back, uh, which Malco did gladly, and explained that he had that key, you know, on, on with permission, you know, from the mission president. You know, Martins had told him to keep that key with him. And da 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 da. And uh, I remember I did make a comment, something to the effect of, "You can't ruin my mission. I didn't do anything wrong," or something like that. But I have since, for the last 10 years, been rehearsing in my mind what I should have said. And uh, I, never got th- I never got the chance to really say what I should have said. But yeah, that would, that would be kind of my last story. It, 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 I mean, the other thing, I, we could come back to it at some point or, or skip it. But um, if you're curious about the men, the Epica de, de Men, that came from a phone call with Damiani as well. Yeah. Uh, when I was in the office. Damiani called and said some things to Prez, and Prez said, screw you you don't think we can baptize men we'll show you we'll only baptize men and that's that's essentially how that went down uh, that's that's yeah that would that would be the end of my long rampage of endless stories here that hopefully are not too boring no they're good i liked them i didn't know most I didn't of realize, them and no, mo- oh, some of i didn't realize we'd been talking so long or i would have skipped some of those i am uh, okay um what's your Favorite foods and uh, music. I don't Brazil. think I could name a song. Well, I, no, there is one. There's one song that I remember. Uh, I think it's called Samba de Minha Terra. And uh, okay. I could, I could, I'm sure I could find it on YouTube and send you the link. Um, okay. It's the only one I think I could, I could really remember. I'm not a music guy, whether English, Portuguese, okay. or otherwise. So that was just not something I was passionate about. Food, uh, you know, it'd be hard to say what I. What was my favorite when I was there? But I could definitely tell you what I miss. I miss cold okay. coconut water that was fresh. Yeah. I miss the guy with the machete that would just chop it off and stick a straw in it and hand it to you. Pull it out of a yeah. freezer and chop it's like, it here up. Here you go. Oh man, oh, those my are so gosh. My wife has been buying all sorts of different brands of coconut water, and she keeps trying. You know, she. Keeps, I, mean, I, I try them. I drink I it. I try them, and I'm like, yeah, no, I drink it's it. It's just not the same. It's yep. it's almost sad. Um, I also miss uh, salgados, cochinas. Yeah, I miss cochinas. Yeah. Something desperate. Um, my wife will make them. I made cochinas. Yeah. I've made it a couple. We have, oh, yeah, we have we a recipe. Them. Yeah, I mean she's made them a few times. They're still not the same, of course. Uh, I miss no. like every time I eat pineapple in the in the states, it makes me a little sad because it's not as good. 
No, it's not. It's I, not. I, I wouldn't eat it for several years. I was just like, I can't eat this pineapple. It sucks. Yeah. Um, Mangoes aren't as good. No, I mean nothing. Um, nothing. I mean, a lot of those things. But I mean, the, the, if you said like the things I miss the most, coconut water or milk or whatever, agua de coco. I miss definitely miss salgados and cochinas. I mean, constantly think yep. about those and how just stopping at some stand on the side of the street and grabbing one, dousing it with ketchup as you ate it. Cause, ketchup right, and you, mustard, or not mustard, man, mayonnaise. You never put ketchup on anything when it's prepared. You you have it in hand as you eat. You know, take a bite, ketchup. So take good. a bite, ketchup. So I miss that. Uh, those would be the food. I like I like telling people that I used to put um, ketchup and mayonnaise on my pizza in Brazil. And they... <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, right. Yeah, the, the next pizza had bananas on it. Yeah, all you yep. could eat. Um, Guarana yep. would be the other thing that I do sometimes get my hands on. There's I have one in the fridge right now. It's been waiting for a special day. Um, but yeah, I definitely miss. Did Guadana. you care about like different brands of Guarana while you were there? No, while we were there, no. Is that something... I mean, anything other than Antarctica would have been apostasy, right? No, I like Kuwatch better. It was I don't sweeter. Remember Kuwatch. Uh, definitely not. It was like the difference in like uh, root beer. You know how you got your A and W and you got your Barks. Yeah, one's strong, one's light. And Barks has more. Sweet. Yeah, the A and W is more sweeter. Yeah. I think the Kuwatch is more sweeter than. Um, no, I only I only remember Antarctica for sure. That's all I remember. We drank it like water, right? I mean, it was probably cleaner than most other stuff that was available. Yep. Uh, so I definitely missed that. And when I uh, oh um, two questions, um, what was the sickest time? I guess you had dengue, right? So that was probably the sickest time. Was worse. Oh, bladder infection. Was Absolutely, the dengue fever was not fun. The bladder <laughs> infection was the worst, and both of those were my first area. So I really had a pretty painless mission after that. Yeah, cool. Anything um, that I'm missing? I asked you about. Food and music. Any TV shows that you remember watching, like at, during lunchtime at no, members' houses I, or whatever? I remember anything. I, I remember. I mean, the only thing that slightly comes to my mind when you ask is I remember there was some uh, novella, some soap opera that had some really sad episode that had this American song, and uh, it was uh, ships, ships sink something, ships something. I don't know. Anyway, so but for like months, people would come up to me and like ask me if I knew this song. And I'd be like, no, like it must be since I left. Sorry, I don't know the stupid song from your novella. It was it was like this famous <laughs> American song because it was like the theme song to some famous no, novella season premiere. And at yeah. one point in Kaiko, we were teaching English English lessons, and after several requests in one of our lessons, we translated the stupid song into Portuguese. And oh, I remember yeah. the name of the song was "Sexed Up." <laughs> and, and I remember getting screwed up because when we were doing the translation and I'd never even seen the lyrics before and I get to that point in the translation and I'm looking at Hafer like, we can't translate this. <laughs> so I don't know what we did. I can't remember. But, oh, crap. You know, I don't remember well, any TV shows, a, no. It's a good thing you made a backup because my uh, recorder just stopped working. <laughs> it just came up with an error. It's like, I'm sorry. Oh, You've crap. been recording for two hours and 41 minutes. I can't keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Rachel's probably going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a, you're an hour behind too. It's uh, it's almost eleven here. So, yeah, yeah, yeah no, sorry. I can't, yeah, no TV. Well, cool. Well, send me send me that link. Um, I guess we'll just end it because I have to ask you some questions afterwards. So let's cut it right now. Cut.
deixa a gente mole Quando se canta todo mundo bole Quando se canta todo mundo bole O samba da minha terra deixa a gente mole Quando se canta todo mundo bole Quando se canta todo mundo bole Quem não gosta de samba, bom sujeito não é É ruim da cabeça ou doente do pé eu nasci com o samba, no samba me criei E tudo danado do samba, nunca me separei O samba da minha terra deixa a gente mole Quando se canta todo mundo bole Quando se canta todo mundo bole Não gosta de samba, bom sujeito não é É ruim da cabeça, ou doente do pé Eu nasci com o samba, no samba me criei E do danado do samba, nunca me separei O samba da minha terra deixa a gente mole Quando se canta todo mundo bola quando se canta todo mundo pode tum 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 tum